Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know armadillos hate mimes? Why? Because mimes killed their dad. (laughs) (laughs) So not for the usual reason. (laughs) Right. For more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We're reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters one through five of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the Harry Potter series. Previously, Harry takes up with the Order of the Phoenix, a secret wizard army run by our old friend Dumbledore. Man, all the cool wizards are in there. Harry's murder uncle, that one werewolf who almost ate them, all of the good Weasleys. And uh, I mean, I mean, we say good Weasleys and we mean the Weasley crime syndicate. I don't know how you, whatever. Right. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dumbledore really knows how to pick them. It's the thing, you know. Uh, but meanwhile, the ministry, fearful that Dumbledore is forming an army, which he definitely is, they decide <laughs> to take a more active hand in Dumbledore's training and recruitment camp, also known as Hogwarts. Uh, the minister fills the <clears throat> recently vacated Defense Against the Dark Arts position with Dolores Umbridge, a character so horrible that you can tell that she's based on someone that the author hates. And I'm looking at you, Dolores Bumbridge. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Dolores. Dolores uh, that we know that Rowling hates. Uh, anyway, uh, Umbridge does everything she can to make it suck at Hogwarts. She institutes increasingly draconian rules against fun. She outlaws wizard fights, and she cancels wizard sports ball. Coincidentally, these are all the avenues where Harry typically expends his energy uh, that isn't devoted to murdering Defense Against Dark Arts professors. So, yeah, that's yeah. probably a mistake. <laughs> that's like Umbridge like drinking Diet Coke and then eating a bunch of Mentos. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which everyone knows will cause you to explode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, uh, Harry is so taken with the idea of having his own private army that he decides to make one of his own. Sure. He calls it Dumbledore's army, but I think we all know who's calling the shots. Uh, unfortunately they are almost immediately found out, which brings Dumbledore's secret war right out into the open. Dumbledore is on the run door, uh, from then on. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, also I guess Voldemort's back or something because Harry keeps having these weird dreams telling him to go to a dark and spooky room where there's definitely not a trap. Um, so after Harry feeds Umbridge to a pack of ravenous centaurs, he decides to go see what this totally sweet no trap room is all about. But you know what? There are way more traps there than are advertised on the box. Like at least five or six times the traps. But yeah, it luckily, turns out it's like the Department of Traps. <laughs> I know. It's like, he, there's like a sign on the door that says like Department of Traps, and somebody's like scribbled in no above the trap. It's like oh, <laughs> seems fine to me. <laughs> but luckily, Dumbledore swoops in and saves his bacon at the last minute, just in time for the school year to end. So yeah, uh, Voldemort is back, and I guess Dumbledore and the Ministry are back on the same team for now. Excellent. Man, a lot happened, didn't it? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. That was an adventurous year. 
Chapter one, the other minister. I have uh, to... Excuse me, Alice. What? What am I forgetting? You're, you're forgetting something very important because there's only one way that we judge every book. Oh, right. I'm so sorry. That's right. So you can't talk about a book without first talking about the cover. Yeah. So what do you guys think? It's very this green. Is great. So on the on the front cover, it looks like Dumbledore is showing Harry his totally sweet pensive. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you see, Harry, to use the pensive, you don't actually have to shove your face in it. And Harry's like, got it. <laughs> shove my face in it. I see the blankness <laughs> in Harry's eyes there. I know. You can tell from the look on his face. That is a face that is like zero seconds away from being jammed in a bowl yeah. of magic liquid. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Professor. I, I couldn't hear you because I was struggling not to put my face into this thing. <laughs> Like, look at the angle of it. He's like, he's like in mid, in mid face plunge right now. He's like, he's on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore is uh, actually putting his hand out there to prevent Harry from smacking his face against the rim of the bowl. <laughs> That's right. He's like, if you're, okay, if you've got to put your face in it, just make sure you don't hit the edge because, you know, you've already got a scar, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chapter one, the other minister. And we start with the prime minister of England. It's so funny because when I started reading this, I was like, I forgot there was a prime minister. I was like, <laughs> the minister, the minister of magic. And when they were going through the stuff and he's like talking about all this, this, this stuff he's been hearing about, it's like, this is clearly some evil wizardry. Are they still not facing this Voldemort thing? And I was like, oh, the prime minister. Right. This is the muggle guy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, this, this prime minister, uh, I, I found this, I, I love the way they did this. Like he's sitting there having his day and there's like, then the portrait talks to him and he's like, oh, sorry, I'm about to get a call from the minister. And they're like, nope, the minister's going to call tomorrow. <laughs> Please answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. This it's got to be a weird having... relationship, right? It has to be. And I, I love this chapter. This is one of my favorite chapters in the entire series. I just love it. How they set up this relationship that the minister of magic has with the prime minister. And like the prime minister is just so fucked. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, he has I, like, no like, say in anything that happens here whatsoever. Totally, it's 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 great, and the, the they do like a kind of a mini retrospective of what's been happening through the entire like series, where something is going on, and the prime minister's like, "Oh, okay, well, I guess I won't worry about it then." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, then and this and the, as he keeps meeting the minister of magic, the minister of magic is looking more and more kind of careworn and and worn down through the years. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and the, and this most recent meeting, he's like, "Oh yeah, this stuff is completely bananas. Like, we don't even know if we're going to win against this dark army." And and I got fired three days ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I'm actually here to introduce my replacement." Yeah. Like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, well, but if a- you're the prime minister, like, so what should I do? Oh, nothing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, it's a really interesting way of letting us, the readers, know what's been going on because when you it really makes you realize how limited we are when we see things from Harry's point of view, because there's so much going on. Like Voldemort had threatened mass muggle murders and that happened because he like destroyed a bridge or something. There's giants that are fucking shit up. Um, I was really sad. Amelia Bones was murdered and I really liked her. I remember Remember? I really liked her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, She was from the Wisengamut, right? Yeah, she was. She was the head of magical law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yeah, and we also they also murdered Emmeline Vance, who we met very briefly. She was part of the order, and she was one of the ones who escorted Harry originally from Privet Drive um, to Grimmauld Place. Um. I did not remember her. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that that's sense. yeah. So uh, 
everybody's having a real rough time there. I, I feel really bad for this prime minister. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So, so it fudge is fired and that's good, right? I mean, he sucked. Yeah. Denying that worst. something terrible is happening to your citizens until the death count is really high and it's too late to stop. It should probably get you fired. Right. I don't understand the relevance there. Yeah. I know. I, I just, oh, I'm talking about wizard stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Magic. So there's a new minister of magic. Uh, Rufus Scrimgauer, and I love that name. That's a great name. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a good name. Yeah, and I, I already like him better. You know, like when we we meet him briefly. Yeah, yeah, he seems to have his stuff together much, much better than Fudge for sure. Totally. Um, and we find out that the prime minister is being protected by Kingsley Shacklebolt, which is fun because we like Kingsley. Uh, I yeah. do like Kingsley. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the one of the junior ministers is under an imperious curse, so. Things are not looking up in England. Apparently he's been quacking a lot. And they're like, yeah, it's probably a messed up imperious curse. Yeah, and like trying to murder people. Oh, right, right. Quacking a lot and trying to murder people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you mess up an imperious curse? I don't don't know enough about how those work to know. But like, that sounds like they, that sounds pretty bad. Yeah, that's rough. (laughs) I want to, I want to read the, just this, this last bit here, the very end of this chapter I like. It's, mm-hmm. um, the prime minister gazed hopelessly at the pair of them for a moment. The words that he had fought to suppress all evening burst from him at last. But for heaven's sake, you're wizards. You can do magic. Surely you can sort out, well, anything. Scrimgower turned slowly on the spot and exchanged the, an incredulous look with Fudge. He really did manage to smile at this point, as he said kindly, the trouble is the other side can do magic too, prime minister. Boom. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> like, end. Yeah, I, I thought that was like a kind of an interesting, I mean, it's obvious, right? But like, it's a kind of an interesting way to say it, you know, like, yes, wizards can do anything, but so can the other, the bad wizards. Mm-hmm. The problem with yeah. the wizarding world. So Jeff, what did you think of this chapter? It was very, very different from the rest of the series. Uh, it was pretty funny. I kind of liked it. Yeah. I like the ugly uh, little guy on the wall in the painting. The liaison. <laughs> Right, yeah, I liked when he said that like several uh, workers and maintenance guys and the Chancellor of the Exchequer all failed to get it off the wall. Yeah, <laughs> I know. that was good. And if you go to Pottermore, you find out that it's a painting of a former Minister of Magic from like a long time ago, uh, and so now he has that, that painting sense. too. Yeah, and the Prime Minister is always trying to ignore him when he sees him like picking his nose or whatever. <laughs> they, they made a point of the fact that the painting is like filthy dirty which makes sense because nobody ever every probably every prime minister ever has tried to ignore that painting right yeah i guess you don't want to send somebody in to clean it exactly yeah well you can't take it off the wall <laughs> yeah that too so this is, a, this is a, another kind of unusual opening for the harry potter for harry potter book because i think it, up until the last book everyone is opened with harry or something to do with harry and this is pretty far removed. Yeah, because last book was with um, the Muggle caretaker at the Riddles house, right? That was right. I think. Yeah. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even then, I think it led to Harry Potter waking up from a nightmare or something, right? I think. Or yeah, he woke mm-hmm. up because yeah. he had like been dreaming about what was happening and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. so he should. So this time he should have woken up saying, "The, the prime minister is in a political predicament." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doesn't every English person wake up that way all the time? That's <laughs> just point. the way you do it in yeah. England. England. Yeah, it's, it's just assumed. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. All right. Chapter two, Spinner's End. 
So then we move over and we're still not talking about Harry. We are introduced to Draco's mother, Draco Malfoy's mom, um, and her sister, Bellatrix Lestrange. I was going to say, they start by murdering a poor defenseless woodland creature. Boo, Death Eaters. Thank I you know. very much. Yeah. So uh, that fox would have told on him. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Animagus. You don't know. I think they checked. They're like, oh, no, it's just an ordinary fox. Yeah. Well, now, anyway. now they know. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So this is, you said, Alice, this is Bellatrix and Narcissa, which is, just for context is Draco Malfoy's mother and aunt. Is that yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they're both related to Tonks, too, or something. I'm, t- I'm, I'm thinking back to when we saw uh, Sirius Black's family tree, right? Yeah. Tonks's mom is the third sister. There were three sisters. Okay. So yeah. this is this this is also... Okay. So this is Tonks's aunt as well. It, they're both yeah. Tonks's it's both aunts. of Tonks... Yeah. They're both Tonks's aunts, but they've been... Tonks and her parent, her mother, have been disowned. Right. Yes. That's right. It's very incestuous. Yeah. But either way, this is another well, non-Harry opening chapter, which is, I think, kind of weird that, that we're two chapters in and there's no Harry Potter. Yeah, that is interesting. We get two in a row, but this is, of course, a very different one. They're going to visit Snape. So we find out that um, at least some professors do have homes outside of Hogwarts, even though I don't know why he would be at his because it sounds really depressing. Yeah, right? Like, Severus's neighbor... Like, first of all, his neighborhood is not, like, fantastic. It sounds like kind of like a sketchy neighborhood. Yeah. But you think it's like a wizard, he could, you know, spiff it up a little or something, right? Yeah. I assume that he's high constantly, right? <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> oh, he's the he's potion, potion master. master. Yeah. Ah. He's high on his own supply. That makes a lot of sense. So this is like... Supply. This is basically a flop, a flop house, right? He's yeah, right. Like, he's just... He manages his brain chemistry very carefully. <laughs> he doesn't care about... You know, cleaning up his yard. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically uh, just like a crack den, but, you know, <laughs> magical yeah. crack. Right. Yeah. Magical crack that, that doesn't kill you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and Wormtail lives with, with him here. And I got to say, like, Snape and Wormtail has got to be the most depressing buddy comedy I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the odd couple, but they're both like really just like kind of scummy people. And it's like, oh, okay. Wow. Well. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I was wondering about that because Wormtail being there tells me that Voldemort does not trust Snape as much as Snape claims he does. Or is it it's, that Wormtail needs somebody looking after him? It's a good question. I, I could see it I could see it being both, honestly. Like they like Voldemort is the kind of person who plays people off each other, so it could just as easily be that they are both watching each other, though the way that Severus is ordering Wormtail around makes me think that their relationship is like he's he's the superior of the two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But but I wouldn't be surprised if Voldemort was like, "Look, you have to keep an eye on him and report back because that's what you do. You're a, you're my spy, you know." Right. I really like uh, Bellatrix. Yeah, and I kind of oh, like yeah. Narcissa too. Why is that? Tell me. Uh, I don't know. Bellatrix is just fun. You know, she's like, ah, ha, 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 evil. I love evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah. I, I, I just thought they had a really cool dynamic with each other. They do. It, it's, it, you you think of the Death Eaters. We dehumanize the Death Eaters a lot because they're evil wizards, right? Sure. But they're sisters and they still seem to care about each other, you know? Yeah. They had a little sister dynamic going on. Yeah. And um, yeah, but speaking of Narcissa, she's just absolutely desperate because... 
Um, her family is getting punished because Lucy is totally fucked up getting the prophecy to Voldemort a few months ago. Right. Yeah. Right. So Lucius is in Azkaban, which is probably the place where he should be right now. But poor Draco has been tasked with something. And we don't know exactly what it is, but we know that he has a very low chance of being successful at it. I bet yeah, he has is... to kill Dumbledore. That's yeah. my bet. You think so? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, it, this is interesting. Like, Draco working more directly for Voldemort is... Uh, is like is terrible, right? Like, like even if he's successful, this is going to be, this is going to tarnish him for the rest of his life. Right. Yeah. You know. oh, that's so. That's what I think. Option A is. Option B is he has to eat a basketball and poop it out. <laughs> so that makes this conversation like really interesting, right? Because she's like, if he can't do it, you have to do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And Snape's like, I know I could do it. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Oh my god! Because <laughs> of all the potions, you know, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he knows. He's, he's yeah. experimented to the limits of the wizarding body. That's right. He's wow. like, I, I pooped something much larger than the basketball in my life. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Snape is as There's we know two basketballs <laughs> side by side. <laughs> <laughs> so Snape is a. We know that Snape is a double agent, but this this conversation is interesting because it makes it like to me it kind of throws into question how who who Snape actually works for you know he he handles this inter- interrogation from Bellatrix like exceptionally well you know he's he's he answers all the things what feels like pretty honestly actually you know yeah she's asking all the questions that we want to know that need to be answered like how is it possible that he's doing this and i think he does a really good job answering those questions yeah, absolutely. And and even even Bellatrix seems kind of I mean maybe not convinced exactly, but seems to doubt herself mm-hmm. uh when it comes to Snape, which is I, I guess what makes him so good at uh what he does, right? Is that mm-hmm. nobody knows who Snape is really working for. Yeah. Maybe Snape doesn't know, I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, maybe Snape is just waiting to see which way the wind blows. It's not entirely <laughs> clear, is it? No, it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. During the course of the interrogation, there's kind of a funny thing here where um, Bellatrix basically says, you know, well, I think the question is something like, if Harry's been, you know, at, in your hands essentially all this time, why haven't you killed him? And uh, Snape's answer is essentially, at first, I, I, there were rumors that he might be like the new, the new evil baddie, right? And then I realized that he was completely unexceptional. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh. right. He's like, well, I realized know. that Harry Potter sucks and he's, he's completely full of himself and he doesn't deserve any of the success that he's had. And I, I was thinking like, yeah, Snape. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That, yeah. that all tracks. Well, it, checks it, out. it yeah. boils down to that and fuck it. I've got tenure. Like, I'm not going to go. <laughs> yeah, right. and I'd, I'd lose my job. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this is a really good job. I had, I like, I don't have to do shit. I can be high all day. I mean, yeah. He's kind of like, listen, I hate nine out of 10 of these kids. I'm not going to kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I I mean clearly uh Narcissa is not okay with what Draco is being asked to do, uh which is interesting in that well first of all, she's a death eater, but she's she's questioning Lord, Lord Voldemort, which is a thing that you're not really supposed to do. Um and, it, and, it, and I guess it says that Draco is more important to her than her faith to or her loyalty to the the Dark Lord, which, I mean, it should be, but I, I, I imagine that's actually kind of unusual. 
Uh, I, I think that the, the Dark Lord, uh, he rules through fear. You have to say that you're ultimately loyal to him. And yes, I would stick my face into a, a bowl of acid for you, Dark Lord. But most right. of the people that work for him probably aren't actually that hardcore into him, you know? Yeah. And hey, Bellatrix hey. Lestrange is, but she's, you know, Lestrange. Cray cray. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a little little Lestrange, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th I think Bellatrix is probably one of, I, I mean, she she says that she's one of his most loyal people, and I think that's probably pretty accurate. I love the little, the interaction between Snape and Bellatrix. Like, they just match mm -hmm. each other, and he totally... <laughs> yeah, like, I kind yeah. of... Was there, there's like something between them, right? You know, a little, <laughs> little frisson, right? You think so? Little, yeah. little, uh, I mean, this, this whole interrogation, this was like a, a delicate dance, you know, a tango. Yeah, it was in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, but he does, he does a good job explaining himself. I love the part when she's like, why, why weren't you there to, you know, help us when we were in the ministry? And he's like, you were surrounded by a bunch of teenagers, right? She's like, fuck you, the order yeah, showed up later. Yeah, <laughs> There's like, there were like six teenagers. Yeah. I thought you could handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're lucky you didn't get your head turned into a baby head like that other guy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's we did, right. Never did find out that guy's name, but I assume he's dead. <laughs> baby head guy? Probably. Yeah, baby head guy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Snape, uh, it turns out Snape is not much better with his friends because he's kind of a dick to these people. Right. But in yeah. the end, he does agree, He does actually agree to do it, right? Like he, said, like he agrees to her request. Yeah. yeah, he makes a super duper pinky swear to protect Draco as much as he can. Right. Not yeah. only not only to protect Draco, but also that he'll carry out when Draco fails to poop out that basketball, <laughs> Snape will uh, carry it out himself. So. <laughs> so how does that work? So so is it like, is that before or after he swallows the basketball? Because that could like be really nasty, right? Uh, I mean, I guess there's some like Aes Sedai weasel words here, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be the same basketball, right? <laughs> Like maybe maybe Snape is thinking I'm going to get a tiny foam basketball, <laughs> but Draco say, will never think of that. I didn't. I didn't say which basketball I would swallow. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what he was thinking. But yeah, oh, that's good. So he he and Narcissa did an unbreakable vow, which I'm sure won't come back up ever again. Yeah, right. it's, it's, I'm Doesn't sure it's like yeah. last we're going to hear of it. Uh, chapter three, will and won't. Now we get to Harry and he's sleeping at Privet Drive. And it's weird because J.K. throws Rowling kind of describes is it's like she describes some of the newspapers he has in his room, but it's not telling us anything we don't already know. So I don't know why she included them. It's just like so catching I... us up on stuff we already know. It's a recap. Yeah. For, for people that haven't read the books in a while or are starting the books with this one. I think she also really likes writing newspaper articles from that world. I think she just enjoys it. I think that this is, this is telling us a story that is not the story itself. This is telling us a story of the tone of the wizarding world. Like but mm. in the last few books, Harry has been on the outs with the wizarding world. And this is basically saying that Harry's back to being essentially a media darling, right? Like, um, up until like this, this thing in the ministry, Harry was uh, half the wizarding world thought he was like crazy. And the other half thought he was a murderer or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So now, now they're, he's back on the, back on the, on the good side, which is probably a good thing considering what usually happens to people who cross Harry Potter. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
I thought it was very sweet, though, too, if you caught it. they uh, One of the articles has a quote from Neville's grandmother, and she's bragging on him how proud she is of him, which oh, made me yeah. super happy. Yeah, I, I mean, like, uh, we already talked about this back in the, the, the previous the previous book, but like Neville was MVP in that, in that wizard fight. Like he was, he wouldn't, like he wouldn't back down. He's great. I don't know about MVP. Uh, He definitely had the most team spirit. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. He, he, he had a lot of, what happened over and over again was he charged into a fight and then something really bad happened to him, (laughs) but he didn't give up. (laughs) He was very brave, but you're right. (laughs) You're right. He, he didn't do a, as much damage, so much as like you know, taking the damage, <laughs> right? Taking him for the team. You know what? He's doing just fine. He's good. Yeah. He's good. I, I give him a, a A minus. Yeah, I, I was proud of Neville. Than he's but ever gotten. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, except yeah. in herbology. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the. I also love the the Ministry of Magic instructions that they provide, like protecting the whole protecting your home and family against dark forces, having like code words and stuff. I thought that was pretty. It like it's it's unclear to me whether this is actually helpful stuff, but it's it's still kind of funny. Yeah. Any any time you get like a hint of wizard bureaucracy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for that's sure. fun. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Dumbledore is coming to pick up Harry, and he only had to spend a couple weeks at Privet Drive, which is nice. Yeah. yeah, this is great. I'm glad that Dumbledore and Harry are friends again because Dumbledore's. I, I enjoy Dumbledore very much, and uh, you know when Harry's like being a dick to Dumbledore, it, you know, it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Being a dumble yeah. dick. <laughs> a dumble dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that. Uh, I feel like Dumbledore was bullying the Dursleys pretty hard right here. I thought so, too. He was mean. Because, like, there's already this huge power discrepancy. Because Dumbledore, you know, he he can do magic. He's basically walking in there with a bomb and, like, a lighter, you know? Yeah, right. right. Like a flamethrower. Or shotgun hands, as we said in the past. Yes, I believe we have said that. (laughs) And the Dursleys aren't actually, like, that bad to him. They're mostly just paralyzed in fright. Yeah. Yeah. And he he like pushes them around on the couches and like he 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 wants them to drink his booze so he magics the cups to go fly and hit him in the head yeah <laughs> and then he forgets that they're hitting him in the head until they beg him to stop make the cups stop hitting them in the head yeah he says he forgets but it seems likely that he's you know not actually yeah Harry yeah. keeps thinking like Dumbledore's having a really good time uh-huh. <laughs> yeah yeah he's like hey guys let's get me drunk Dumbledore knows how to party. Yes. And like, yeah, it's like, you know, the middle of the night, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he also shows up at like midnight, which is random yeah. and impolite. And he poured some mead for uh, for Dudley, too. But I guess this mead is okay for kids to drink. I mean, it's England, so don't they oh, it's, drink it's younger? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. They, they start drinking it, too. Yeah, that must yeah. be it. Straight from the bottle to the pint glass. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Anyway. So... Yeah. Oh, and uh, Dumbledore delivers the news about Sirius's inheritance. Uh, Harry inherited all of Sirius's stuff, so now he's double rich. Yeah, right? Yeah. And Harry doesn't care. He's already rich. Dumbledore's like, you want that house? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, you, you can have it. It's Do you whatever. want this slave? And Harry's like, no. <laughs> yeah, that was uncomfortable. He pulled, bringing back Creature and telling Creature he has to go be a house elf in the in the kitchens. 
Yeah, it's funny. They're like, uh, he, he's like, well, you know, technically you should be inheriting this, but there's this weird like problem with the house. Uh, you know, wizard probate is complicated, I guess, but but in, in a way, it's like it's like super easy to resolve because you just like I don't know, let's bring creature here. Can you order him around? All right, I guess it works out. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a little a little weird. Creature is the the litmus test for whether he has uh, control. <laughs> Conveniently, Dumbledore's like, well, if you don't want that slave, I'll take him. I'll him to work <laughs> he knows too much. <laughs> I'll put it to work yes, in the right. kitchens like I do with all the others. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's okay with that for some reason. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess he's got to go somewhere. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, like, we know this uh, this particular house elf is, you know, kind of evil and definitely will uh, spill all their secrets and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we brush him under the rug, send him to Hogwarts. Yeah. But yeah, Dumbledore uh, lays into the Dursleys kind of hard here at the end, though. They deserve it. They do. Yeah. It's just like, I guess Dumbledore rarely is so direct about these sorts of things. Yeah. But he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I left him with you. You, I asked you to raise him like your son and you treated him like shit and, you know, left him in a closet. Yeah. Which, which they did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a fun thing. So Dumbledore praises the Dursley's flowers. Like when he walks in, he's trying to diffuse the situation a little bit, I guess. Like, cause yeah. it's super, mm-hmm. super awkward. And he says that their agapanthus are flourishing. And I was like, what the uh-huh. fuck is an agapanthus? And I looked it up and it's a flower that's endemic to the UK. It's a type of lily, which is Harry's mom. Oh. Yeah. I did not, I did not know that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I'm I'm sure she, she did that deliberately. Um, but yeah, he kind of lays into them a little bit. Not as much as they deserve, I think, since they were horrifically abusive and neglectful. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. But Dumbledore's hand's all fucked up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, his, his hand yeah. is scorched and shriveled. Yeah, so who knows what he's been up to there. And then I guess the last thing is we find out that Harry's going to lose the protection of Privet Drive um, once he turns 17. Mm, So he has to go back one last time and then he's on his own, pretty much. Why does he have to go back one last time? Because his mother's blood is in Petunia and it's his mother's blood that like saved him or something. So Petunia has like magic blood. So as long as Harry considers that to be his home, he is still saved by that love, that magic blood so, thing. But doesn't Harry Why? have his mother's blood in him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't worry about it too much. <laughs> I, I guess I guess I still don't understand why he has to come back in the future. As long as he considers it his house. And apparently he has I, to go back once a year. It's, it's to establish residency. You have to spend 90 days in a, a premises. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so when he, okay. Okay. So it says like, if he weren't planning to go back in the future, then the house's ex- protection wouldn't be extended to him. Yeah. For the, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, as much Before his anything. 17th birthday. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was wizard magic. Who knows? Yeah. Chapter four, Horace Slughorn. They go and visit the old Defense Against the Dark Arts professor. This, the beginning of this chapter is like somehow relatable to me because he's like, 
it's like that awkward moment when you're hanging out with like a, a professor outside of school and it's just like you you've never had like a a you know even even professors that you really like like yeah. when you're when you first hang out with him, you're like, I don't have anything to talk about that's not school related. So it's just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> not to mention, to be fair, that their last conversation did involve Harry smashing a whole lot of possibly irreplaceable magic artifacts in Dumbledore's office. Like it's, you know. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, Micah, this is why I watch sports. You can talk to almost anybody about sports. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that makes sense, right? Like, like this is this is how you feel awkward silences. Yeah. So you, how about that sports balls? Exactly right. Yeah. The thing about Arsenal is they always try and walk it in. <laughs> it turns out Voldemort is over the whole Harry Potter heart to heart connection, which let's be honest, we all saw coming because Harry Potter was probably pretty unbearable to share a brain with before he started going through puberty. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Now it's like, oops, sorry about the wizard boner. No, it's not you. It's a little boy in my head. I mean, <laughs> fuck, no, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, like, I keep having dreams about Cho Chang. Yeah, <laughs> this sucks. So Voldemort severed so that So we started doing Occlumency or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we get to Which go. Is good. Yeah, but we get to go visit an old defense against the dark arts professor for some reason. But he's been on the run from the Death Eaters. Yeah, it, it's yeah. funny because when they're on their way there, Dumbledore throws this little comment uh, in there. It's like something about how he's lost count of all the times he's had to. To replace the Dark Rides professor. And he does like a little bit of side eye at Harry Potter. It's like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Harry, like, he doesn't pick up on it. He's like, oh, yeah, that that's rough. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. It's, Bad luck, it's, I guess. So, like, I, when, I, when I'm thinking about this, like, I'm imagining this and then, is and like. Then, like, oh, they sorry. show up to the guy's house, right? Yeah. And the guy's hiding, right? He's pretending to be an armchair, <laughs> you know? And is that because Dumbledore's coming or because Harry Potter's coming? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this guy used to be the defense against the dark arts professor. Like he doesn't know if he's safe. He doesn't know if that I, counts, you know? Yeah. I mean, surely this, this armchair gambit, like transforming himself into an armchair, that's not going to fool Dumbledore, but it totally fooled Harry Potter. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's right. It's not about Dumbledore. It's about Harry Potter. <laughs> I think Dumbledore's whole thing here is brilliant. Cause like, I imagine this is a little bit like having your old dog and your new dog meet on neutral territory. So the old dog won't, murder the old one in cold, cold blood or obliviate him until he doesn't know his name or feed him to ravenous centaurs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, point is Dumbledore is getting tired of replacing the defense against Dark Arts Professor, so he's trying something a little different this time. And Slughorn <laughs> is very, very quick to say that Harry's mom was one of his favorite students of all time. So, you know, right. trying to ingratiate yeah. himself pretty quickly there. Yeah, he, yeah this, this guy's smart. He knows the right things to say. Yeah. He slips up a little bit, though. He starts talking a little bit about, like, how the whole pureblood thing, which he, he, he brushes off pretty fast, but Harry catches on to it. He's like, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you don't like, you know, mixed blood wizards. Sounds like a reason yeah. to die. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's find out how pure your blood is the old-fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> By drinking it? Uh, I mean, just spilling it is what I meant. Oh, okay, okay. Looking at it. Finger painting with it. <laughs> he hones in, with Dumbledore's help, by the way, on Slughorn's weakness, which is that he's attracted to famous people. Like, he likes to collect people who he can do things for or who can do things for him. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 That makes sense. So he's sort of a Jeffrey Epstein of the wizarding world. Hopefully minus the, <laughs> you know, sex slaves. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. We don't know. I, I, I really do love this, this scene. Like, when they get there, the 
the door is like hanging off the hinges. And for the record, our uh, to our listeners here, if uh, <laughs> if you get to your friend's house and the door is kicked in, you probably shouldn't walk in with a child. <laughs> call the police. But Dumbledore's like, oh, let's go, you know. And then this like he staged this murder scene with like blood splattered across the wall and like things are smashed and turned over. And as uh, as Alice mentioned, he's dressed as a chair. He's, he's, <laughs> this is this like this. I, I I like Slughorn just for this like elaborate thing that he's yeah. Been I kind of liked it also. He, he's talking about how he's moving around a lot and he moves all of his furniture. And yeah. in this one room, they mentioned that he has a grandfather clock, a piano, and a chandelier. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This guy rides in style. Yeah, he, he does. does. He, he has like a throwaway comment where he's like, yeah, moving around every week is difficult. It, or, you know, it was difficult at first, but you kind of get used to it. The hardest part is moving the piano in every time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, he's just like bringing his furniture with him. It's great. Yeah. It's kind of couch uh, surfing, but bringing yeah. his own stuff. At, at one point, the... Slughorn mentions that, you know, the the threat, the peril that dark arts teachers are in. And Harry's like, well, none of them actually died unless you count Quirrell, you know, the one I actually killed. <laughs> <laughs> the one I directly murdered. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I, I think it's, I think it's, I, I love this whole scene. And I think it's pretty awesome that Dumbledore is like dangling Harry in front of Slughorn as bait, essentially. Yeah. I think Slughorn can survive. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's adaptable. Seemed, mm-hmm. He seems like the kind of person that is easily underestimated, but is like, you know, slippery. Yeah. And he throws shade at Umbridge, which I'm a big fan of. For sure. Yeah. There's a there's a moment where Slughorn's like kind of going back and forth about the idea of going to work in Hogwarts. And he's like, well, the thing is, if you teach at Hogwarts, you're basically the Order of the Phoenix. And Harry's like, nah, but really, like, we all know. Yeah, kind of. Right. I yeah, mean, like, kinda, right. Kind of a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. Harry kind of picked up on what he was supposed to be doing, like enticing this guy to come to Hogwarts, and he did a really good job of it. Like, it seemed kind of out of character for Harry. Like, it was very logical, and he was kind of quick on the uptake there on a lot of things that were not being spoken. You know, I'm not sure it was on purpose. I, like, I'm glad you said that, Alice, because like the way that I read this conversation is that Harry kind of accidentally did what, like, like not even accidentally. Dumbledore knows Harry so well that he knows that if he just puts Harry there, he's going to do the do what what he what needs to be done just by like talking to Slughorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure if Harry actually realized until a little bit later what he was actually doing. Okay, because D- Dumbledore is an amazing manipulator. Like, like he's a lot of things, but he's really good at like playing situations you know yeah. and like i think i think he i think dumbledore plays this situation flawlessly okay so when harry's like well when you're moving around so much how can you like stay in touch with your friends like he wasn't actually like trying to manipulate him he was legitimately <laughs> wondering it's hard to say mm-hmm. with harry potter you know yeah it might have just been what he was thinking about oh i wonder what i'd do if i was moving around all the time yeah, yeah. what about my friends just with ron hermione yeah <laughs> yeah I love that Dumbledore uh, goes and sits on the toilet looking at knitting patterns. Right. <laughs> 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 that's the that's the Dumbledore play. Yeah. Okay, this guy's alive. Like here's here's the guy I want to hire, and here's the guy who kills people that I hire. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> we get some really, really good Dumbledore characterization there. And I, at one point he says something like, Let us go pursue that flighty temptress adventure oh, or yeah, something the, the, like that yeah. yeah i did like that line that's pretty good yeah i i i love dumbledore uh, as a character he's just like he's just full of these little like wisdoms you know like just just the way he talks is just 
entertaining to read. I, I, I've always liked Dumbledore as a, as a character. Yeah. yeah, I like how how fanciful he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so so after they're done, Slughorn of course agrees to do it. Dumbledore does this thing where he's like. So what did you think of Slughorn? Because what he's really saying is, on a scale of one to ten, how murdery did Slughorn make you feel? <laughs> Please be honest, because I'm a little tired of filling this position every year. <laughs> and and uh, Harry's like, hey, he's all right, I guess. It's like, hmm, I mean, but yeah, okay. but Slughorn isn't actually the teacher yet, right? Right. I mean, right. the switch might flip. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right now, Harry's like, I guess he's all right, but you know, anything could happen once the school year starts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I liked how Dumbledore was like, okay, so yeah, things are probably okay, but uh, keep your invisibility cloak on you and don't take any risks, yeah? <laughs> Which is just, I think, an inherently hilarious thing to say to Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're right. Like, Dumbledore, like, Dumbledore says it like it's just like an obvious thing. And Harry's like, yeah, yeah. But like, no, really. Like, this is a, <laughs> this is a problem for Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Harry. I gotta say. Harry. Like, like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Drop then, it. He's he's like holding like a he's holding like a I don't know what like a flaming stick or something. Eh? Eh? Stop it, Harry. Right. He's like holding a pair of wire clippers around the wires of a ticking bomb. He's like, what? Well, someone's gotta cut it, right? <laughs> we have a we have a we have an explosives expert here. Yeah, the Dumbledore's like, you should hang out with your friends a lot. You know, Ron, the guy that doesn't like conflict. Hermione, the smart one. <laughs> you, you don't just, you just really need your friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do love this, like the advice that Dumbledore gives him, which is basically like, you like, like he's, you know, he's got this terrible secret, right? And Dumbledore's like, you shouldn't tell anyone about this, but you can probably tell Ron and Hermione about it because you should talk to them about this because they, they're your friends. You know, like, it's just like, yeah. this is not a, necessarily a thing that you would expect someone to say but it's a it's a good wisdom i think yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. i like the advice it's interesting to see how dumbledore the contrast between the way he was in the last book when he himself admitted like he fucked up by trying to separate himself from harry as much as possible and it really didn't work at all and harry internalized everything so it's cool to see like they're you know they're buds again and dumbledore is saying like it's okay like reach out to your friends like you know you need to that's good yeah. Fatherly advice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I'm glad we get Dumbledore back. I didn't like the way he was in the last book. Mm-hmm. I agree. But he takes Harry yeah. to the burrow where he gets to spend the rest of the summer, cha-ching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Harry's going to start taking private lessons with him about something. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that Dumbledore is going to teach him that silver arrow, exploding arrow trick. That was pretty cool. Or like the statue animation thing where you make statues fight for you. Like... Dumbledore does some good spells. Yeah. I'm hoping it's going to be about that. The silver yeah, he used arrow? that against um, the Dumbledore, not sorry, Voldemort, right? Didn't he? He used he used it when they tried to arrest him in the in his office. He, like a, a bunch of silver arrows shot out and knocked everyone out. Oh, right, right. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping right. he would teach him how to uh, animate and make sentient a hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, never mind how I why I know this trick and never mind how it's useful. I mean, but the hat isn't sentient, right? It's just Dumbledore's sock puppet. That's true. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's the- this is how to make and a hat Dumbledore's appear like as if it's sentient. Dumbledore's like off to the side like, with like a marionette and tops yeah, it no, at the corner of his mouth. Well, he's got this big white beard that has to cover his lips when they're moving. Yeah. <laughs> you belong in Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me check that bank account. Gryffindor for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chapter five: An excess of phlegm. Um, <laughs> so everything's everything's uh, working out for Arthur Weasley. Rufus Scrimgrower promoted him because Rufus knows where you know all the people who know where the bodies are buried are. If That's that makes right. sense. No, I thought this was so interesting. Arthur is now in charge of counterfeit protective objects and spells, and I bet there's a whole lot of money to be made. In being the guy who determines which items and spells are counterfeit. I'm just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Rufus is much more canny than Fudge. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Get those Weasleys on your side as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Because you, right. when you get Arthur, you get like a crap load of other Weasleys. Yeah. <laughs> of, you know, varying quality, but some really good ones. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Because Bill's, Bill's still in banking. Um, Charlie's uh-huh. got the dragons. Uh-huh. Percy That's still right. hasn't come around, though, has he? No, apparently yeah. not. But you've got the right, twins yeah. who are apparently doing very well with their joke shops, so good for them. Right. Yes. Yeah. They're your your weapons manufacturers. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 Slughorn were still a professor at this point, he probably would have collected this whole set because these are all people who have very interesting and useful positions. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So what would your secret question be if you were trying to determine whether or not your spouse had been like, was being taken over and impersonated by a dark wizard? Well, I, we can't say it, right? Well, you have to say, say it now. No, no. So, so the thing is, uh, B and I do actually have one and I won't say what it is on the podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. But this is actually something we talked about, not, not specifically for the purposes of, uh, wizard swapping, but we have a, a, a code question and answer for both of us. Yeah, if you had to ask that one question to determine whether or not it's that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have one. Yeah. But I won't say what it is on the podcast because someone might be listening. Yeah. I've thought, I, I, have, <laughs> I have one, but Brandon is far too practical to entertain such ridiculous thoughts. So <laughs> Really? Yeah, he doesn't. I, I mean, like, there, there's lots of non-wizard related reasons to have one. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently for um, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, it's Mr. <laughs> Mr. Weasley's sex name for Mrs. Weasley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Molly is, Wobbles. <laughs> which whoa. is, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's intense, right? Like, whoa. <laughs> that is hilarious. So it, it's, yeah. when I was reading this, I was reminded of like, so I, 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 uh, I used to work in, in tech support and uh, I worked in like account support for a security related product. And so sometimes people would call and or, or or talk to me and have to like get into their account and I'd have to ask them their security questions. And when people do security questions, I think that they don't ever think that they're going to have to have that conversation with a human because <laughs> there was some weird shit that came up. Like, oh, really? and, and like, you know, you just, you, you just like, you don't say anything. You just like move on, you know, but mm-hmm. like, yeah. Oh yeah. There's some weird ones. <laughs> so everybody out there. Talk to your partner. Find out what their secret security question is. Yeah. Green and I don't have one. Hmm. Yeah, you guys should get on oh, that. Really? Yeah, yeah, you should work on that. What if uh, what if Karina is kidnapped and she's on the phone and you have to verify that she's, you know, in in a safe in safe, safe place and not just being asked to say that she's safe? Will that help? Yeah, you have to have a code phrase. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Or yeah. she yeah. says a certain right phrase or a certain thing and you're like, oh, she's in trouble. Okay, our code phrase is going to be everything's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Everything's fine. If she ever says that, it's right? Yeah. She's going to be taken. 
<laughs> You're going to be taken. Wait, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry. That's not a good accent. No, that's not what Liam Neeson that? sounds like. Kimmy. That's what Liam Neeson sounds like. Shut up. <laughs> You're going to be taken. So Fleur Delacour is marrying Bill. Yeah. yeah. And nobody likes Fleur. Which is unfair. I mean, is it I just because she's, she's that bad? Yeah. I mean, she seems a little full of herself, maybe, but, you know, like she's there. She's yeah. being friendly. I yeah, I, little, I mean, a like, little hard to bear. She's, I, I, I get, I get why you might not particularly care for her one way or the other, but like, she's, I, I don't think that she deserves the level of vitriol that everyone's laying on her. And, and, uh, but I, on the other hand, though, they're talking about how Miss Weasley's kind of trying to set, uh, Bill up with Tonks instead. Mm-hmm. And Ron's like, I don't know why you'd go for Tonks when you could have Fleur. And I was like, actually, Actually, Tonks is way cooler. Like, Tonks Ron, is, you're dumb. Tonks is the choice. And in yeah. a few years, Ron is going to realize. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Tonks is like A plus. Yeah. He's rad. Because yeah, Tonks can just look like Fleur, right? That's what Fleur's got is that she looks amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tonks can just do that. Well, Harry, yeah, Harry right. points out that she's smart, too. I mean, she was the, she did do the Triwizard Tournament. Like she was, yeah, she lost. Yeah, but she's yeah, she like lost the, the best. Yeah, she lost the to a to Harry Potter, the yeah. shittiest wizard in the world. Fair enough, but still, <laughs> whatever. I thought it was super, super shitty of Molly Weasley to be such a bitch about it. Like that is kind yeah. of shitty. Like yeah. Bill's grown up; he's got a job. Yeah, like that's his. You know, that's not her position to do that, especially because. Like, Fleur has come to over to another country and is spending time with that family while Bill's not even there to, like, get to know them better and everything. So Yeah, that's yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, 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 a, it's a hard place. It's a hard position to be in. I, I, considering how wonderfully hospitable Molly is in every other situation, it's, it, it feels almost out of character for her to, like, be rude to floor you know yeah and i think that she does her best not to show it but still like behind closed doors it seems like so we learn that tonks actually kind of blames herself for sirius's death which is really sad because like you know i i think that probably a lot of people feel that burden but uh i guess tonks was fighting bellatrix just before she killed sirius so she kind of holds herself accountable and apparently it's affecting her ability to metamorph or whatever yeah that's really sad yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's having a rough time. Yeah. Um, but Harry shares the prophecy with Ron and Hermione, who are really good friends about it. He's like, yeah, I could tell that they were extremely shocked, but they were doing a good job of, like, just trying to take it in stride. Yeah, yeah way like, to go well, with guys, emotional intelligence, Harry. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about what yeah. other people are feeling. Wow. I think Harry's done a little bit of maturing. He must have, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's funny because like they handle it really well, but to be fair, this is not even the first time they've actually faced Voldemort, right? Like they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. like remember, he was so angsty in the last book, and like we got really tired of it. But this go round, like he tells Dumbledore, like, yeah, when Sirius died, it was devastating, and uh, I could have just sat around and got really depressed, but I was like, no, fuck that. Like I'm gonna go murder the shit out of this guy. So it's nice that he's decided to be. To not just sit around and dwell in depression. Right, yeah. To yeah. channel that into positive directions, like hunting down and killing a wizard. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, he's like, he's like, defense against the dark arts teachers, it's not good enough. Let's go even bigger. <laughs> you know what's cooler than a DADA professor? 
the dark arts master. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He's aiming for the, the top. The world's there. biggest dark arts professor. Yeah. And the chapter more or less ends when finally their their scores arrive, their OWLs arrive. Yeah. 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 And Harry does Harry all right. Harry did better than I'd expect. Yeah. Like, you know, he <laughs> He passed out during his history test, as we recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he did. He still didn't get the lowest score, which is troll. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't pass history and astronomy, which I think is still super unfair for everybody. Remember, because that was when they got distracted because they were trying, like, the ministry arrived and was trying to take out Hagrid and McGonagall. Like, they should have gotten to mm, yeah. retake oh, that yeah. part of the test. That's not fair. But still... he does pass it, though. He gets an acceptable. He does pass it. Oh, he does. The... Okay. Yeah, it's divination that he also fails. Oh, so who the fuck cares about divination? Yeah, yeah I thought I, I thought his scores were pretty fair. You know, like he, he's good at you know fighting and killing, but you know, fuck history, fuck divination. Yeah, yeah. I seem it seems like every time he's talking about history, he's talking about how boring it is, and I, I know that we take an issue with that as as readers before we're like, actually, right. history of magic sounds fucking awesome, but yeah. whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. tell me about yeah, these yeah, goblin wars, it. my god. I really want yeah. to know about those. Yeah. But Harry doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's not interesting, apparently. So he's mostly like a B, high C student, it seems like. Uh, I think this is like, yeah, I think a. this is At least one A's A's. A's. The, You got the O. In the, o is like the A plus, right? Right, right. So. Yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, I think he did pretty well. Uh, Hermione, of course, is the curve breaker and got like nearly perfect scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then Ron did, you know, almost as well. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's much better than I would have expected uh, Ron I, to do. Yeah. I think they both did better than they deserve to do because these kids don't study, you know? <laughs> Hermione does all their studying for them. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Hermione is carrying those guys yeah. across the finish yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it is a little sad because when, after he's looking at his scores, Harry realizes that he doesn't have a high enough potion score to be an Auror which is what he's really wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sad. But then again, he's Harry Potter, so he can probably do whatever he wants because, you know, who cares? Yeah. Crazy <laughs> dumb. School's for fools. <laughs> Harry fucking Potter. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Yeah. So the, this, the, we, this is something that we, this is like a kind of a, a side thing. But um, when Mr. Weasley is, dis- he shows up a little bit late and he's talking about, you know, the reasons he, he was late coming home. He's talking about this, like, fake disguise metal that makes people sprout tentacles and mrs weasley is like fred and george and he's like no 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 they wouldn't do that but i'm like they would definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they do they all last year what... doing that mm-hmm. they got kicked yeah. out of school for doing that <laughs> that's right so like the the odds are the odds of fred and george somehow being directly opposed to their father in this are pretty high to me <laughs> yeah and uh that's i think they'll skate that's how these things work well, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What's he going to do? Arrest his sons? No. Yeah. No, he wouldn't do that. Yeah, their dad's moving high up, higher, high, higher and higher in the ministry. They'll be fine. It's true. Yeah. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reading chapter six through 10 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the Harry Potter series. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We love hearing from you. And even ask us a question and we might answer it on air. You can also hit us up on social media. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. 
I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. All right. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.